Cam Smith played the golf. What are you going to do? I mean, he did everything flawlessly today. And the way he turned it around from yesterday is really impressive because he had every right to be very discouraged after yesterday, and he came out brave as hell today. Put another log on the fire Nobody here is getting tired Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck, back for another Fire Drill podcast. We are in the lobby of the Rusak's Hotel, adjacent to the 18th hole at St. Andrews. Probably there's a first edition of To the Links Land in that, um, <laughs> that bookcase. We're get, got real we're, did you get in here, Mike? We're, we got Mike Tarico. I'm, I'm just traveling back home. Is this the fire pit? Yes, we're doing our podcast. Where's the fire? And where are the drinks? It's metaphorical, Tirico Mike. It's metaphorical. Tirico has read all the books on this back show. Every <laughs> single one. I can do a dramatic reading. So <laughs> this this town feels like a wake. Very they much were so. all hoping for Rory. It feels like a wake. It's yeah. strange. Yeah. Cam Although, played as Tom that. Watson said when he didn't win the Turnberry that year, this ain't no funeral. That's exactly right. This ain't no disco. Hey, he, and, and Cam <laughs> Smith ain't no fooling around on the greens, and man. He ain't no fooling around. Are we going talking heads here? When you can play, there you go. <laughs> and when you can play ten through fourteen in fifteen strokes on the yeah. on the inward nine on Sunday How here. About the putt on man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I asked him afterwards on our ABC interview. I said our NBC interview. That's good. That's Glad I didn't funny. do it on the air. Um, <laughs> read your hat, dummy. I said, uh, what was the, of all the all the putts? What was the most important? He said the one on seventeen. He said that was that, that was, was so much. First putter, second one, because that first one. First one. Jerico, if it's you or me, what do you think the chances are, so, us, is of us putting into the bunker from where he was? You, good, me, guaranteed. So I'm going to put it into I'll let the experts stay. Safe, safe All right, safe travel. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the Fire Drill podcast just got more lively. Yeah. Um, Many of the movers and shakers of the golf world are at this hotel, and they appear to be all checking out right now. So we'll see if we can Shanghai some other surprise guests. Yeah. Like, let's be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Mike, do I just have someone to carry these bags? He's one of us. No, he is. He is. That was fun. Well, so Tariko, um, he kind of set the scene here. He made a really good call. That, well, I'd say bow shots in 17 for Cam Smith. Let's start with Cam Smith. Champion golfer of the year. I mean, what an incredible performance. The... There's three players who had to make a putt on 17 to win an open at St. Andrews in recent vintage. Jordan Spieth chasing the grand slam, had an eight or 10 footer, missed it, lost the slam. Rory McIlroy trying to get a victory that the whole world wanted him to have and foretold that he would, he would take, missed similar length putt on 17. Cam Smith jarred it. I mean, the guy played absolutely flawless round of golf it was spectacular it was airtight and uh, something i said w was completely wrong last night and many things i say are completely wrong but for and i talked to his caddy about this after the round for to, to go south when you get the 36 hole lead you're in the last group on saturday you play bad that guy usually will not come back and that guy totally came back today I and mean, that was an absolutely spectacular round of golf uh he did exactly what he needed to do it and really it, it brings to mind uh, what um what Justin Thomas did, um, and what what it follows the whole theme of the year: guys stepping up when it, when it really matters. Um, to some little degree, there's the pressure off because everyone's expecting Rory McIlroy, but that was an airtight round of golf, just like Matt Fitzpatrick hitting 18 greens and 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 winning um, at the Country Club, the U.S. Open at the Country Club. Yeah, I mean, it's really been this you know 
as Rory McIlroy called it, the majors uh, season is over now. And we, we minted some stars. I mean, Scotty Scheffler has gone to a, a different planet. Cam Smith to win the players and uh, the, the open at the old. I mean, that's A++. Um, Justin Thomas, you hadn't won a major in five years. He needed that. You you used the word seve-like to describe uh, Cam Smith yesterday, which there's no higher praise. Some of those some of those plays over this these four days were just absolutely gorgeous and so instinctive. What what do you like most about the way he plays the game? He's nothing like Seve for charisma. Seve was the great charismatic figure of my golfing life. But he is Seve-like in terms of his ability to size up really complicated greenside shots, use any number of different clubs, including putter, to play really difficult shots, read, break like nobody's business, and just putt with tremendous confidence. That hook putt, that downhill hook putt that he made on, was that the Friday round or the Saturday round? Oh, yeah. Uh, five feet of break. Yeah, five feet of break. The, uh, the putty hit up the hill uh, on 18. Uh, the chip putt that he made on 17. The, how, how long did I wasn't close enough to see how long was the putt that he made on 17? About 10 feet. Whew, I mean, to make a 10 footer on 17, not many guys have done it. You just outlined all the guys who didn't do it. Uh, lots of guys have lots and lots and lots of athletic talent. And of course, short game takes athletic talent, but it takes artistry. And sometimes you don't see it in. A really big guy. You often see it in that body type. Uh, uh, you know, VJ didn't have it. Ernie didn't have it. Davis didn't have it. Phil did have it uh, for a while, and then he uh, uh, Nicholas had it in spades. But generally speaking, those long fingers and that narrow uh, that uh, chest, and just sort of looks like he knows exactly what he wants to do. It is a total pleasure to watch. No matter what you think of him, Smith's mullet, I love it. And no matter what you think of his, you know, sort of straightforward manner, he is a golfing god when it comes to short game. Yeah, that's well, that's well said. John Daly gave him a little shout out on Twitter, like another win for the mullets around the old course. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing mine as we speak. <laughs> I mean, speaking for the entire golf world, I hope that's true. Um, so, yeah, Cam Smith. Now, let's just acknowledge what's been a subplot in this Um our Matt Janella on uh, one of the practice rounds, a handful of live guys were playing a practice round together, including Phil Mickelson. Uh, they were posing on the Silicon Bridge. Cam was coming down the first where he ran over to take a group photo with them. And there'd already had been speculation that he was going to jump to live. Um, that kind of t put it, you know, a lot of people saw that happen and that, that sent it into overdrive. So um, in the moment we are in golf, there's these, 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 geopolitical undertones to everything. So what would it mean if, if the reigning open champ were to jump from what you know about Cam? Do you see it happening? Uh, give me your thoughts on that. Give it yours first, Alex. See, you're just an expert defender, just parrying. Um, I mean, for sure, there's an offer on the table to Cam Smith, and it probably just got another zero because it would be monumental if they, they could snatch him up. And it, it's also... You know, we know this 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 background noise about are they going to get world ranking points? Are these guys going to be able to play in the majors? Well, he just punched his ticket to the next five majors. I mean, next, all the majors for the next five years—that's a big deal. And this one for thirty. Yeah, and this forever. So, for Cam Smith, now he is reputed to be like a really down home dude. And Adam Scott told me a great word. I think at Augusta, he called him um, a, a boger. 
Yeah. yeah, which is kind of like an affectionate Australian term for a redneck. He, he meant it. He was hailing him like he's just a simple guy who just wants to fish. You know, Smith said a couple uh, last year that he just wants to play for a few more years and get money in the bank and retire. So he maybe the live is, is the answer to his prayers. He gets the huge payday and he, he can't just walk away from the game. He doesn't have that enduring passion or um, maybe because he's kind of a, a down home dude. The money doesn't matter. He's in his routine here. I don't know. What, what do we think about this? I just do not see this guy going to live, and I do not read too much in a guy jumping over to Swilkin Bird to uh, if you get called over, you know, let's say there were a half a dozen writers that were, uh, you know, on Swilkin Bird Bridge, and they called you over. Would would you immediately come to the conclusion, you know, oh, you know, they work for the competition or whatever it might be? You just join him. He's just a good old boy, as you just said in his own way. So I don't read too much of that. From I don't know him at all. I happen to cover his players when in here. I I find his unpretentiousness uh, in an area in, a, in an era of extreme pretentiousness of, of golf uh, on both sides of the aisle. To quote somebody. Uh, I even use aisle, but anyway, on both sides, there are fine people on both sides. I don't even know what's going on in golf, except that there is a personality type that's going to go. And that personality type is not one who's really driven by the desire to win major championships at, at this stage. Like, if that's the foremost thing in your life, I don't think you're making that move. And now that he, no matter where the conversation was up until today, now that he's won his first major, and the grandest of majors and the grandest of settings, I think that would be a factor. He is, you know, he seems like he's not a big spender. He just made a big check. And he actually just made a big check for the rest of his life. He doesn't even realize that probably, or, or he might. I just don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, and I mean, he's made a great run in Augusta. Like, he's clearly a guy who could slash should win a green jacket. So, it, you know, if he's going to, if if he's like, you know, a Lorena Ochoa type who, or Lydia Ko, I mean, they've said, I'm only going to play till I'm a certain age and I'm done. Like, if he's got that in his mind and he wants to make as much hay as possible, then the PGA Tour is where you're going to stay sharpest and probably give yourself the best chance to win those tournaments that people are going to remember you forever. And he's going home to play in Australia um, later in the year, and he's going to realize the magnitude of what he just did. And it's going to be intoxicating. Like, wow, this is bigger than I thought. Like, he, you know, I think part of Cam's genius is he keeps it simple. He just hits shots tries to shoot the lowest score he can and add him up at the end and see what happens. But you win here, it's, it's a, it's, he's going to feel what that means to the larger golfing world, even if it means more to them than to him. And, you know, that's a really, really interesting point, Alan. Part of Greg Norman as a global ambassador for golf was the two opens. Well, he was Greg Norman in, throughout the United States. He's the great white shark. He played with a lot of charisma. He played very aggressively. He was an exciting figure to, to American golfers, but, as an Australian, as an Australian who played in Asia a lot, those two Open Championships that he won is a, are a huge thing. So to your point, when he goes home, he's going to find out what this thing is all about. I think he will because uh, those Australians venerate this Open more than any of the other any of the other majors, and he's going to find out that Asia it eats it up too. All right, let's talk about the non-champion golfer of the year. Cameron Young. <laughs> well, oh. Shout out Cameron Young. I mean, he played amazing at Southern Hills, which is a big time golf course. I mean, that walk off eagle today, like the guy shot 65 in the second to last group. He played his ass off. I mean, it was. Did you see the drive in 17? 
Um, driving 16, driving yeah. 70. I mean, he's so close in his greens, it's a joke. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he swings. With, there's no holding on to that club. He just lets it go. I mean, it's fun to watch. How, how does your back feel after watching this guy make some swings? Um, Tight. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he could hurt himself. I don't see a guy swinging that hard for that long and, and not getting hurt, but it was very, very impressive to watch today. Yeah, so it's going to be fun to see where he goes from here. Um, I was, of course, referring to the tragic hero of the day, Roy McIlroy. Um, everybody wanted him to get this. It just almost, it was in the stars. You know, he's, he seems like he's a foot taller than he was a few months ago, the way he's taken on this ambassadorship of the game and, this long drought. Oh, there's Jaime Diaz. If we could only get rope him in. Anyway, um, Jaime, we're podcasting. You want get over here? Come here. No, get over here. Yeah. Drop your bag. Sports Illustrated. Jaime Diaz is in. Stand, stand right here. Yep. Come on in. I mean, these are two greatest living golf writers. And can I brag about Jaime for a minute? Yeah. Here. My wife says no one looks better in a suit than Jaime Diaz. <laughs> Look at the man. I mean, you would, he, he, he looks like he's in his early 50s. I get more compliments from the Bambergers. <laughs> How nice about thing. the note taking that we observed this week? After 30 years of watching Jaime at work, I didn't realize the depth of the note taking. And also, there's no book. In other words, they're all loose sheets. How do you keep it straight? It's only the last 30 seconds. That's as long as my memory lasts. I'm writing all the time. Like the guy in Memento, he wrote on himself. Yes. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. See, all right. I, some of us need staples. Keep, <laughs> keep it all together. See, but you keep all those. Those I are all files. So yeah. That's wonderful. All right. We're I think I'm going to get sued. Then I, uh, then I burn them. <laughs> Noted. Um, all right, Jaime, we're going to let you go. Just give us one thought on the day. with The tragic hero, Rory McIlroy. You know, I think Rory's going to be very resilient. I really feel like he's still going, undergoing the education of a golfer. I mean, he's 33, I know, and it seems like he's already had a great prime. But I still think the best is yet to come. This is what happens when you're really good. Sometimes you just get your heart broken by being in contention. Things happen. I mean, it happened to Nicholas, happened to Palmer, happened to, you know, Watson. It's happened to, we've seen it ourselves. I mean, Stuart Sink and Tom Watson, you know, Billy Casper and Arnold Palmer, Tom Watson and, and Jack Nicholas. It's just part of the game. And yeah, it doesn't seem fair. And it looked like it was his to, the storybook was his, but Cam Smith played the golf. What are you going to do? I mean, he did. Everything flawlessly today. And the way he turned it around from yesterday is really impressive because he had every right to be very discouraged after yesterday, and he came out brave as hell today. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it just felt like he was playing offense and Rory was playing defense. I, mean, I think when you're leading, I think he felt it was, he was in control. He didn't want to make a mistake, and that's when he's done a lot. So he's gotten a little more conservative, which I think has been better overall. But in that situation, it seemed like he was just missing that, that extra kind of willpower to put it away. But when the putts aren't going in, it puts you on the defensive. I think he hit a lot of good putts that didn't go in. And then the one on three, I thought that started a bad trend for the day because he could have taken a lead there and he played the hole perfectly and he walked away. And who knows? It just puts doubt in your mind and that's enough when you're not putting well. But doesn't he walk away from this tournament feeling very good about how he played even this fourth round? I think so. He drove it yeah. great. And the irons weren't perfect, but they were all... Yeah, but he played... I mean, look at he, he hit 18 greens. I know they're the biggest greens in the world, but still, yeah. there was no mistake. I mean, he's, Rory's been renowned for making bad mistakes at the wrong time. Right. You know, the soft bogey, the one that... He made some soft pars today, but they weren't, you know, anything that he should be ashamed of. Uh I, I felt like uh, he has grown as a player. It just wasn't quite enough. I mean, this is really more out of the tradition of, of Jack being 
getting, I mean, Jack's got 19 runner-ups. Of course, wasn't Rory wasn't technically the runner-up today, but it's still sort of the same thing is that Jack's going to play Jack's game. Mm -hmm. And if Lee Trevino or Hubert Green or somebody goes crazy, well, what can I do about it? I'm playing my game. Yeah. And I think Rory can really leave this town with his head high. I think, I think it was an outstanding four days of golf. And he's represented golf extremely well. Would you agree or disagree? With that? I would agree with that. You know, he isn't Jack. Jack had a history of winning that gave him a definite, you know, sense of almost impermeability when he did have bad breaks. You know, because he said, well, the law of averages is in my favor. Rory hasn't gotten to that point where the law of averages are quite in his favor. But I think he is growing as a golfer. And I love that he seems more energized than he's been in a long time. I think this, you know, I think like even his relationship with Tiger is encouraging, yep. you know, I mean, that's helped J J Justin Thomas. I just think he sees even just being around him a little bit, like playing at Valley Bunyan, I think it just gives him a different perspective. When I first met Rory, he knew more about Tiger as far as his record than almost anyone. I had the exact same experience. It's still, it's still good to be emulating him even in, in Tiger's twilight now. Mm -hmm. I mean, in your experience, when guys get so involved in the political side of golf, you know, going back to Bob Golby and, and Jack in the 60s, and now we're seeing today with Rory serving on serving on mm. committees and becoming a mm. spokesman for the game. What kind is that helpful, hurtful to your game? What, what, yeah, what I was it, thinking about this with Rory because he's so other-directed. I think he's almost more motivated to do it for others than it is for himself. And right now I think he kind of represents a cause because of Live Golf being so, so much a threat. And I think that helped him at the Canadian Open. And you know, there's rumors about Cam Smith going to live. So he may have felt the burden of that. But at the same time, I also thought it was extra motivation. That doesn't put as much pressure on him as wanting to do it for himself for some reason. He seems like he can lose himself in a bigger cause. He might be making too much out of it. But that he definitely seemed to be that way when he went to Canada. Yeah, well, uh, um, let's get you back in here in one second. But just to follow uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying listening. The, um, you know, to me, one of the, you know, we, I think all three of us have followed Rory very closely, really his entire career, which is only about, what, 13 or so years now. Uh, the crying episode at the Ryder Cup really surprised me. I didn't really know what could be the emotional thing in mm -hmm. his life that would trigger that, really. having but So having that fresh in my mind, seeing him really perform at the highest level for four days, carrying really the weight of the PGA Tour mm -hmm. and Jay Monaghan's expectations and yeah. Tiger's mm -hmm. expectations and being totally emotionally in control. I take that as a very big positive for where Rory is in his emotional life. And, uh, you know, as we all know, and I think we would all agree, your emotional life and your golfing life, they're yeah. very much connected. I think his emotional life is strong now. He's still got to improve technically, uh -huh. you know, just be a little better putter, make that a, an obsession, get better. Uh, it's not a lot. And the chipping today was just good. I give it a B minus. He needed to hit some chips stiff, you know, like like Cam Smith did, get the easy birdie, and that would have broken the ice. So it's small margins, but you know he's still growing as a player. He used to think if I drive it great, I'll beat anybody, and that no longer is the case. The game has evolved. These guys are more complete players now, and you just can't overpower everybody. You have to have the rest of the game, and he's learned that kind of late because, to some extent, he was spoiled by winning two of them by eight shots. You know, I think that motivation to get better was lessened because of that. Right. You know, when you're playing a course, you know, really well, like Augusta National, and it's like, okay, well, I know when I get to 13, you know, I'm going to hit that in two. I have a, you know, chance for an eagle, should make a two-putt birdie. Um, you're, you're sort of playing chess. Mm -hmm. Like Nicholas talked about this all yeah, the time. Yeah. Playing. Do you think, do, do, right, do, mm -hmm. do you think today with, you know, especially 17 is always 17. There's always the possibility of making a five there. You're probably going to make a four. Do you think he's sort of always calculating in his mind, even if I'm only tied going to the 72nd tee, I can make a three on 18. And, he and can, but so can Cam Smith. I don't think it's a good way to go. Well, how about the changes in the in the game and how this golf course has stood up or not stood up? 
I was amazed. I was, you know, a skeptic, a healthy skeptic about St. Andrews probably being outmoded this year, sort of being exposed. And it wasn't even windy and it held up beautifully. Now, I know they used a lot of pin uh, or sorry, hole positions that uh, were that they never used. They were extreme. Uh, but I just think the nature of the golf course keeps it from being easy to control. You know, there's just so much variation and, and so much capriciousness where, you know, the, the greens have so much undulation. It just, if you don't hit it close, which is hard to do, it's hard to make putts. So the birdies have to come on these drivable holes and on the, uh, and the par fives. And even that is problematic because when the ball rolls up there, you're still going to have some kind of crazy putt or some kind of crazy chip. And so I just thought it was charming. Yeah. St. Andrews gets a pass a little bit because a lot of the approaches are like less than 60 yards, but as a stage and as a place where interesting golf is played, maybe not power golf, but interesting golf, it's almost unsurpassed. I I thought it held up. I mean, I want to come back. I don't, I didn't feel like this is the end of St. Andrews in a way it's a new beginning. I think now we should let you go, Jaime, because you look like your man in, in, in a hurry. But thank you for stopping yeah, it's a, by. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's and it's great to be with you guys, always. It was fun seeing you guys at dinner the other night. And uh, good luck and congratulations on everything you guys have already done. So oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right, Jaime. Safe travels. Okay. All right. See, see you, big guy. We talked about the three people that matter today. Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, Cam Young, and also Jaime Diaz. And Mike Tirico. That was fun as well. Um, and this is the serendipity of being in St. Andrews. Like we're just literally sitting in a hotel lobby and all these people keep wandering by. We, we almost shanghaied Paul Azinger, but he begged off. Um, Justin Leonard, Trevor Immelman, uh, John Wood, the former caddy, now TV guy. Uh, we talked about it all week. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great week for both of us. We're lucky to be doing this. It's fun to be doing it together. What are your final thoughts? Just put a bow on this whole thing, Michael. Well, this this wouldn't be a bow because I know you have a very good counter argument to Jaime because you made it to me earlier in the week about, well, what about second shots into 17? In other words, there is something missing here because of the ball, uh, because of whatever you want to say. But I was a little surprised to hear Jaime say what he said. In a manner of speaking, Cam Smith almost had to be the winner because he's the one who's got the most greenside game of anybody in the field. Best short putter, best lag putter, best chipper. But we didn't have really nasty bunker shots uh, like you expect. You know, Rory did a uh, hole, uh, uh, hole out a bunker shot. This is hard for me to say, but it didn't really play. Even if you go back to, even if you go back to just 2015, 2010, certainly uh, 95 when Daly won it. No, different weather changes thing. The rough wasn't up. But, I think I think you'd have to say the old course was assaulted this week, not just the winning score of twenty under, but the clubs that people were hitting into uh, into par fours. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and also the amount of rough that they've grown up out there. I mean, this place is supposed to be a racetrack; it, it, it's the ball should run forever, and they've they've got all this knee high rough in places that never used to be. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying, Michael. It it was a fun show, but there was never really an element of danger. You know, they would just like, because these guys, they're, they're driving it so close to the green, either they're going to hit a great shot or a good shot and be six feet or they're going to be 25 feet. But, and you know, the greens aren't that fast. So there's very few three putts and even putting down the hill. There's, it just, it was a little sad for me to see it today. Watching all, I walked all 18 holes with Rory and, you know, he, he really didn't do, he didn't make a single putt all day. He didn't do anything special. He didn't hit any 
like amazing shot and he shot two under and it was like the absolute the worst he could have shot like he just kind of he just kind of plotted his way around um if you if you if you'd played this round of golf on a you know a tougher test you probably would have gotten blown out a lot sooner like i think he might have been exposed but they're for uh, these players they can just navigate their way around so easily i mean there's there's four or five drivable par fours there's the par fives uh the road hole are hitting wedges into i mean there's just not the sense of danger um so it just felt like i i, I hear what jaime's saying uh sorry about those beeps i tried to turn it off i couldn't figure it out um i hear what jaime's saying and it, it is charm city and some of the shots around the greens are so incredibly fun to watch but it's kind of like that's all it is driver and shots around the green there wasn't much else in between i mean following it following this last round as we did being on the course the entire day it didn't have that intense level of anxiety that we associate with uh with with open championships or really any, any major any major title michael your point is very well taken i mean the rna did everything they could it's just uh Although they haven't because they have a fiduciary duty to regulate the sport as the governing body for the entire world minus the u.s and they've been asleep at the wheel for 20 or 30 years going back to the big bertha and everything else and um we've just we've just reached a point where uh we've got eight years to figure out if they come back to the old course something has to get figured out because uh, it's sort of untenable like the game the players are going to be bigger and faster and stronger they're gonna be more and more optimized you know they're already doing things that that Jack and, and Arnie and Tom Watson never imagined in the gym with technology, with their diets, with, you know, their sleep apps, their meditation, all this stuff. Like the athletes are just getting better and they're playing the game at a higher level as in every sport. No, it's not, not, it's not golf's fault. I mean, things just evolve. And unfortunately these ancient playing fields can only evolve so much. And I, I think we saw it this week that we're going to have, something's going to have to change. No, I've got nothing to add to that. Very smart, man. Um, well, it was one hell of a week here um, in St. Andrews. We deeply appreciate all of you coming along for this journey. Uh, we have to give a shout out to the Rustics Hotel. We are in their lobby right now. And I'm thinking about stealing that that old Tom Morris painting. I don't know if it'll fit in my golf bag, but um, it's been a, it was a great home for us this week. Um, we'll mention our other, our other sponsors who help us keep the lights on at the Firefit Collective. We've got PowerPoints, our favorite app. We've got Dormy Workshop, they do beautiful stuff. Seed Golf, really cool little golf ball company out of Ireland. Um, uh, I think that's it. Oh, well, Link Soul, of course. Yeah, Link Soul, our, our, you know, they, they give us clothes to wear. Um, they literally, it's like the shirt off my back. But um, yeah, it's, uh, we said it all week long. It's a privilege to be here. It was, it was way too much fun and um, Oh, there's Brandle. Should we try and rope in Brandle? Let's not know. We're done. Honestly, we have Michael Bamberger. We have Jaime Diaz. We don't need Brandle. Sorry, Brandle. You're out. Um, thanks for being with us. It was a pleasure to serve. And um, no more fire drills for a little while. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll have breaking news and we have things we're going to chew on, probably live golf. What about, but, Memphis, what about FedEx, one, FedEx One Memphis? Um, I, the term swamp ass was invented in Memphis. I think we're probably not going to be covering that tournament, but, um, we'll, we'll come back on as, as we need to. What can you tell us about Ryan French's week? Well, he's having a heck of a week and I mean, 
shout out to the fire pit collective we got guys at the reno tahoe open and the old course and we blasted out an obscene amount of content if there's anyone on the earth who's listened to every podcast from here and there and read every story show yourself and we'll send you a hat because it has been a flood of content it's it's really it's awesome to be part of all this so um for the third or fourth time i'm gonna try and end this podcast michael let my people go and um again thanks for listening and we'll be back at you soon this is Alan Shipnuck for Michael Bamberger from St. Andrews. We're out. Put another log on the fire. Nobody here is getting tired. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.